Hey, so would you rather be late to formation or just not be present at all until after the formation? Do they even do formations still? Now, the question, like, if how, if I'm Freeman Actual, but because of the situation, but because of the situation that I'm in now, am I household six? Am I household six? Because if though, if, if that's the case, Freeman Seven's in trouble. Because you're here live for another episode of the White Rabbit Podcast. I am your host, Freeman Actual. Maybe Household Six. I got sovereignty in this kingdom. Understand me? <laughs> but it's tea time. From here to Galilee time. And it's still scalding hot, so that was a mouth scorcher. Went to grab some tea from my local spot. It's not a local spot, it's about an hour away. Taking my my wife to uh to her appointment. Anyway, went over to Ramstein, grabbed some tea. My two favorite selections right now are Duke of Grey and Black Canada. Don't know how, don't know why, but I like that word. Well, that, that name of that coffee. Anyway, uh, quick shouts out to some people out there. Uh, first and foremost, give a praise, a shout of praise out to Chaplain Johnny Elder. That was a phenomenal worship um, sermon he gave uh, last Sunday. My father's house at the Heinerberg Chapel. Be there every Sunday, 11 o'clock. Well, he won't be there, but the building is still there. And they're open at 11 o'clock, so you know what I'm talking about. Uh, next shout out is the, 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 the Intercontinental Tag Team Champions of the World. That's Chris and Melissa Stevenson over at Cadence International. Okay? Facebook them over at Wiesbaden Hospitality Ministry. Very loving, very welcoming, very cherishing uh, atmosphere, people, environment. Great times to be had. Great times to be had, as always. My buddy Jack Bennett is doing something new called F3. More to follow on that. Bunch of PT and fellowship. And who can't love that? That's a great ending, right? I think that's all I have for some announcements. Oh, before I forget. Yeah, before I forget, I want to add in um, the website. Not website. Why do I keep saying website? The email address, just to just e- email, you know, chasehimpodcast at gmail.com. That is officially my prayer request line. Hit me up. Chase, as in Chase the Rabbit. Him, as in he, he who is risen, him. Cast, podcast at gmail.com. Send all your prayer requests that direction, okay? I want to get you guys linked up with a great support system of people around you. Or if we can't find that, just pray for you. Good old-fashioned prayer. And speaking of prayer, before I go into prayer, I want to go ahead and give my dedication song for this episode. And that is, we're going the distance. We're going for speed. We're not alone. Not alone. Not alone in our time of need. Because Christ is racing and pacing and plotting the course. He's fighting and biting and riding on his horse. God's going the distance. I'm not sure if it's biting, but that was by Cake. 
Let me go into prayer really fast. God, we thank you for yet another day to be just to sit at your feet and spend time under your mercy. Open our minds through our hearts as we prepare to read your precious word. Humble us, Father, and make it possible for us to submit to you single-heartedly in your glorious name. Amen. Let's do this. So, the last episode from eons ago, uh, we, were, we were in Acts, Acts 2, Acts 2, 44 through 45. We're now we're going to go into 44 and 47, but I want to do a quick recap to catch you guys up. Uh, if you want to, you can go back to episode 7, it's called Closing the Gaps, and listen. But if not, I got you for the quick intro that I would recommend you not skip. This is not Netflix or Amazon Prime. So, Acts uh, 244-45. Give me one second. Let me go down on my notes. All right, so we got Peter, right? We got Peter d- delivering a, a, a powerful, spirit-filled message that moved over 3,000 people, repenting and being baptized. So on that day, they were adopted into the kingdom as a child of God. We are all brothers and sisters in the kingdom. Fellow Christians should have this mindset towards each other significantly. We are reminded to love our blood-related siblings the same way we love our spiritual siblings through the blood of Christ. To love kindness with others, Christian or not, is to love grace. And yes, mistakes will be made and sometimes toes will be stepped on. And people will have bad days that affect others. We are reminded to be slow to speak and quick to listen. And I believe prayer at the first sign of conflict is critical. That's pretty. That's a. That's a high. That's a high serving, of Marcus. Do you do that uh, yourself? And the answer is uh, not as much as I would like to. So there's that. Just to put everything into perspective and get back onto track. But our thoughts can produce a poison, that is administered by our tongues rather quickly, rather daily. Our actions can sometimes cause irreparable situations and damage relationships by division. Prayer slows our thoughts, cools down our hearts, and opens a direct line with the Father on how we should proceed. How often does that happen in your life? Not you did it per se. I'm not asking you to, you know, admit anything, but think about that. How, how often have our tongues administered a poison rather quickly? Just by our words. Or our, or our actions can sometimes cause irreparable situations and damage relationships by division. If you haven't been in that situation before, I'm sure you've witnessed it, right? I'm sure you've witnessed it before. Did you see that the, the, the other person praying? How did that, how did that conflict de-escalate? Did it ever de-escalate? Just thinking about some of these things. I've seen some scenarios. I put scenario and situation into one word. But I've been a part of several scenarios and situations where I've seen things go south rather quickly. And then sheepishly, those two individuals came back and, you know, pieced it up. But did it have to go that far? Goodness. Loving kindness through grace and prayer is the cornerstone of these practical demonstrations. Through this... We can find the loving touch to do justice. Humans will make mistakes that sometimes require direct communication to prevent the mistakes from being made again. Reprimanding a person or engaging in heated conversation 
is not justice. It is vengeance. Okay? Vengeance is selfish and ego-driven and does not reflect our king's teachings. To do justice is to approach the situation with a godly heart to truly fix what is wrong in that situation because it is how God wants it, not us. Sometimes to do justice is to lead by example. Our spirit-led actions and character can sometimes provide enough clarity to others on how something should be done or said. And I cannot stress that enough, just being people of action, just being people of godly action is enough. There's no need for flair or flash. There, and there's no fat on that either, on, on that sentence. Just being godly people of action can set the tone of how things go in your home, in your work, you know, wherever you're at, wherever you're at. Uh, let me see. We were on. Yes, I had this. I, so I, I, forgive me. I'm trying to work from a tablet that is doubling as a miniature laptop, and I'm trying to get used to all of this cool technology. I know that's super old, but whatever. Uh, to, to, to do justice through loving kindness is walking humbly with our God. The practical and specific way to demonstrate walking humbly cannot be as can I be easily shown immediately? Humility can often take time to reveal its presence in us. A simple example of humility can usually be found in apologies and seeking forgiveness in each other. An apology can diffuse the situation before it spirals out of control. We as Christians can easily find ourselves on bad terms in our life, which adds stress to others. We have, now we're finding ourselves in the same situation I just mentioned earlier, but it's now us. It's us. Right, we would want to be treated with that same kind of loving kindness if we are the people who are bringing the storm through our home, the storm through our work. You know, we 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 would want that reciprocated to us, and we find ourselves on the opposite end of that direct communication from other Christians about something that needs to be prevented from occurring again. As we apologize and seek forgiveness from our God for our transgressions. We should emulate that practice with each other. That's what I got. We're going to start right in Acts 2, 46. Every day they continued to meet and worship together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. The daily life of the congregation of the first church was the definition of being Christ-centric. This new community life is broken down into a series of components, uh, te um, teachings from the apostles, uh, fellowship, breaking of bread together, and then prayer. But every day they continue to meet and worship together in the temple. I understand that we all have obligations and in no way is this an indictment on your church attendance, but I do think it's important to mention that if you do anything every day for a period of time, it becomes habit forming. Can we agree with that? I believe that. Take a few moments to consider what God could work in you if you were afforded uh, the, just the opportunity to meet every day, worship together in your church for 30 days. 30 days. Just imagine that. What could you let God work in you if you had that opportunity? 30 days. Now 60 days. 
Okay. Let's go a little bit longer. Let's go 90 days of gathering, celebrating, praising, and growing in God. Sounds pretty good. Then you had fellowship in the homes of your fellow congregation. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a good... God is good, okay? Some of my best friends attend the church that I attend. And you're trying to tell me and my family and my friend's family get to celebrate our king together? And then after all of that, share a meal giving thanks to God every day for an extended period of time? Where, where, where is the list? Where is it? You sign me up. Me and my kin, my clan, my group, my folk. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's the T. I'm sorry, it's the T. But, um, so quick story. So back in my combat medic days, um, I learned a, a solid method of, 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 of treating a soldier that came in with a laundry list of complaints, right? So it was usually like the older guys came in when I was um, in 101st at the aid station to come in. It's like, oh, hey, doc, you know, I've got this really bad elbow thing. And then with my back, you know, a couple weeks ago, I was picking up my kid and threw out my back. And then, oh, by the way, we had a ruck march about two months ago and his left knee really hasn't healed up since then. So to kind of cut through all of the complaints because, I mean, I only have enough time to treat one complaint. So what I'd do is I'd, I'd say, take, take one finger and point to where it hurts the most. And 10 out of 10, they can always point to where it hurt the most. Imagine what God could work on you for 30 consecutive days. Imagine what he could do if we made it a priority. So right now, take a mental finger and point on your heart where it is hurting the most, or could use the attention. If you gotta pause it, pause it, but go ahead and think about that. Go ahead and do it now, I will wait. Let us pray. God, we want to give this hurt or setback up to you right now. Work in us like you did with the congregation in Solomon's Colonnade, God. We leave this at your feet as we continue in your glorious word. Amen. Now, so they worship together, right? I believe that we all have a personal view on the word worship. But after spending some time getting acquainted with the art and science of sermon writing and delivering... That's homiletics for all of you professional churchy types, so get off my back. Defining and translating words from English to Greek or Hebrew, I have had a revelation that the English language is watered down. It's cheap Kool-Aid, folks. But there are a few comedic bits here that will not be named, but if you know, you know they discovered the very essence of what I'm trying to convey here. But worship in Greek is Proscue now. Uh, the process towards and the cue now uh, is is, is um, kiss, like like kissing the hand of a lord or a superior. Common with 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 prostrating on the ground in worship. Uh, it's it's ultimate submission and great reverence. It's it's kneeling before God. But but this this word is reserved specifically for God and God only. But Anyone can uh, demonstrate this word. Mentally, what does that look like? What does mental prostration look like? How are we mentally prostrating ourselves to God? What does it look like? 
And I, I, I've had to think about that as I push forward through academia, uh, trying to achieve this degree. And I think that the word here is uh, submission, but like real submission, like really bending the knee. I believe we have to truly submit ourselves in order to close the gap with God. We need to be willing to trust in him with our daily lives. I think one of the greatest passive setbacks that gently nudges us off the holy path of chasing after God's heart is serving two masters right off the bat. The book of Matthew tells us that no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot. The Bible also tells us that it is an impossible feat, plain and simple. It's sin that we have developed a habit over a long period of time so that we make excuses for that sin. I mean, you've, you've heard them all. I've heard them all. Hey, man, it's, it's just porn. I'm not hurting anybody doing this. I mean, no one's ever going to know about it, right? Or it's just $10 out of the offering every Sunday. Dude, I, I need this money. I need this money. God, God, God knows me. I'm not a thief, right? I'm not a thief. I'm taking this from me. I've earned it. Or it's just a six-pack a night. It's not that bad. I mean, I, I heard Tanner at the bar right now with the ladies at least twice a month. And he's married. So what? Or I mean, speaking of being married, I'm not just flirting via text message with a coworker. I, I mean, compared to uh, other people, I, I, I'm good to go. Uh, or one of the ones I've heard um, through, through uh, other black people. Is uh man, man, I can't stand white people. <laughs> Did I just try to do the black guy voice and I'm a black guy? That's nuts. Right? But man, I can't stand white people. You know, their the racism bring their racism brings that hatred out of me. It's not me, it's them. I'm only reciprocating their hatred. I mean, because God knows my heart. He God, God knows I'm a good person. It's it's them folks over there. Family members, ambassadors, my brothers and sisters of King Jesus, please, we have to knock it off and we have to submit. We have to let God all the way in. He already knows your secrets because he was there when you hid them. He was there. Reveal them to God. Allow him to work on you as you bend the knee to him completely. I'm talking full right angle. 90 degrees, folks. Story time. Back in Afghani town. I was probably I was probably the worst detail of my life. It was rough. I'm working sun up, sundown, unloading and reloading 30-foot shipping containers full of heavy gear and then to, to top it off to all of my people who've deployed or been on a nasty desert training exercise it's moon dust everywhere everywhere all over the ground right you walk it kicks up you put stuff down it kicks up now i'm in hot afghanistan springtime ramadan season 
uh, heat and all that moon dust is sticking to my face and neck. And I have to go eat chow and come back. It's just gross. It was, it was gross. I, I did that for forever. Forever. The treatment that I had, like, with the leadership, I, I, I didn't feel like I was a person at the time. I didn't care. It was probably one of the worst times in my career. I, it, it, was, it was rough. We had, to go get, we, we had to eat breakfast before the sun came up, and there was no lunch break. So half of us went to chow while the other half worked, and then we had to head back to relieve our counterparts. And I made it visibly evident that I was upset about being on this detail every single day. And then one day, my ad hoc squad leader had had enough and expressed to a platoon sergeant of this detail. And, this, you know, shortly, that platoon sergeant had had enough of hearing about me. Everyone had had their fill of hearing about uh, PFC Freeman, and I had enough of this detail. The people on the detail, the conditions of the detail, I was immovable in my personal war with life and determined to move up the ladder of the army without bending the knee. In my, back in my time coming up in the military, it, it, it was, you know, one of the cultural things is, you know, this, this is how I am. Now, now, now let me just sharpen some attributes about me. All those rough blemishes there, those are just, you know, those are just learning stuff with that I can get past that. But there was no real changing. There was no real submission. There was no real desire. It, it, it was just, I'm going to do it my way, Frank Sinatra style, and keep it pushing. And it was toxic. But, I mean, I don't want to say those are the times, but you know what I'm trying to say. But... Anyway, let me figure out where I am at. So yeah, so after a long, hot, and dusty day, I sat outside my uh, platoon sergeant's office, awaiting to be counseled or cussed out or both. I didn't care, and I was and 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 and, and I was not budging on my stance, and uh, you know I just flatly refused to bend the knee, be a team player, be any of that stuff. I just felt like I had received such an injustice. But then this man walked out of his office. He was a civilian. He was in civilian clothes, and uh, he just walked outside and just looked at me. He was like, you look like you could use a glass of water. And I said, sir, I would greatly appreciate that. This is the first act of kindness I'd received from anybody in a very long time. A first act of, of just showing some love from a civilian that I, to this day, I never got his name, nothing. He was just a nice, kind man He came out and he offered me a glass of water. And mentally I was in a place to where just receiving that, 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 whew, that water was frosty cold. I greatly appreciated that. And it, it really took a blow to my psyche. And I had to really think about what I was doing what I stood for and like in that short small moment just receiving that cup of cold water changed my worldview because I was so caught up in the moment in my personal moment right so he came back hands me a glass of water and it was uh, I'm telling you it was so cold I thought he brought that thing back from a glacier it was refreshing it was it it was crazy. It, it was like it, it extinguished the, the fire burning in my soul. And so I cherish every sip of that water. 
And by the time I was done, I was I was called in, right? So I'm standing before my platoon sergeant, and before he even gets a chance to speak, I apologize, okay, for everything. I told him I would try to be a better soldier. I told him I want to put my best foot forward every day. I told him I want to be a team player, and if needed, a leader in the absence of leadership, because I have leadership capabilities and attributes. It's been seen. I'm capable of, of leading. I just didn't want to. I finally submitted, and I'm looking at my platoon sergeant, he's looking really confused at the moment. And so he looks down at what I'm assuming to be counseling paperwork, and he looks back at me and says, uh, are you sure? And I said, yes, sergeant. He goes, all right. I was done rebelling, because I was tired. Has anybody ever been in that situation where like you, you, you're, you're running around and you're living a life that you know full well is not the life that you should be leading. This is not. And you're just tired. And you're just tired of rebelling. You're tired of fighting the fight. You're tired of pushing against the grain. You're just tired of running. I've been there. I've, I've been there. And uh, I was done running from what I knew to be the right way of soldiering. And thankfully, he took the pieces of paper and tore them in half and he tossed them in the trash. And he says, uh, I, I think we're done here. Good talk. Acts 2, 46. Every day they continued to meet and worship together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Quick question. Do, do you know which temple this new church of 3,000 plus assembled and received lessons, witnessed miracles, and praised God at? It earned the nickname of the Court of Gentiles, but before that was also known as Solomon's Colonnade, or Solomon's Portico, or Solomon's Porch. But it was a long, covered, but open gallery. It was centrally located in one of the few public places in Jerusalem that was large enough to accommodate a large crowd. It was also where people passed through or gathered to socialize and discuss before or after their sacrifices and prayers at the temple and therefore a good place to share the gospel, high traffic area. At the temple in Jerusalem. At the temple in Jerusalem. Think about this. You have a group of enthusiastic Jerusalem Christians meeting in temple courts every day. Not, not only is this showing that they, <clears throat> they continue to follow their accustomed forms of Jewish worship as Jews who were Christians, but also Christians who were Jews. They not only consider Jerusalem to be their city, but continue to regard the temple as their sanctuary and the law as their law. They thought of themselves as the faithful remnant within Israel. I'm saying all this to point out the level of bravery and sheer moxie it takes to go to Solomon's colonnade as a Christian Jew, knowing full well how close you were to the Sanhedrin every day, folks. And we all know what the Sanhedrin is. We know about the ruse of a trial they ran Jesus through. We know what levels of animalistic brutality they committed against our king. This is not an Easter special, so I'll save that story for later. But we know this. And here is this new church every day, every day, assembling, worshiping in the temple. That's based. You want more of this? Do you? You sure? Okay. So turn to Act, Acts 5, 15. I keep saying Act, I don't know why. Fifth, uh, 
<clears throat> so Acts 15, we're looking at right after that, uh, you know, Ananias and Sapphira died about the money they kept. And uh, so no one joins them, but they did. They were highly regarded by the people. Um, Acts 5, 14, nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and they were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits. All of them were healed. This is where it gets a little sticky. Then the high priest and all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people about all this new life. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts, as they had been told, and began to teach the people. When the high priest and his associates arrived, they called together the Sanhedrin, the full assembly of the elders of Israel, and sent to the jail for the apostles. And sent the jail for the apostles. But on their arriving at the jail, the officers did not find them there, so they went back and reported. We found the jail securely locked, and with the guards standing at the doors, when we opened them, we found no one inside. On hearing this report, the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests were at a loss, wondering what this might lead to. <clears throat> and someone said, look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts, teaching the people. At that, the captain went with his officers and brought the apostles. They did not use force because they feared the people would stone them. The apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priests. We gave you strict orders to not teach in this name, he said. You have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We're witnesses of these things. And so in the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Then they heard, when they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law who honored by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put, put outside for a little while. Then he addresses the Sanhedrin. Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, uh, Theodos appeared, claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed. All his followers were dispersed, and it all came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed, and all of his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go, for if their purpose is <coughs> is if their purpose or activity is of human origin, then it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and then had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. And then day after day in the temple courts, from house to house, 
they never stop teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. How amazing is that? How amazing is that? We'll never be able to quantify just how amazing God truly is. But this, this, this is something. This congregation is elated being in the presence of God, receiving his mighty word from his disciples, but terrified to the point it scared some of them, uh, it scared some of them away from joining. But they joined anyway. How, think about how bad did they want God to work in them. Think about what they'd be willing to do just to have God work in them, to be in God's presence. They'd just seen their leaders get dragged away. They saw the leaders get arrested. Then they escaped and they get rearrested. And then you hear that, that, that they got flogged for being a part of the outfit that you're currently in. That's moxie. Amen. So, they, so they're, 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 they're sitting there and, and they see the disciples get taken away and in prison. And I can, I can only, can, can you think, I can only imagine what they could be thinking. They're just sitting there and they just, they hear like a guard like, you want to go to jail or you want to go home? Right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but they stayed. They stayed because they needed God. To work in them more than they feared for their physical lives. They chose to join. They chose to continually meet. They chose to stay because they chose to submit. They chose submission. As we grow closer to, to God in, in, in our walk, Submission is probably the greatest thing that we could do. And that's putting a lot of stuff aside. That's putting a lot of internal stuff aside. Just, just the act of, 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 of submitting. We submit to our, our spouses, our husbands, our wives. We submit to our kids. We submit to some of the mistakes that we've made in our lives. We, 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 we submit with apologies. We submit with asking for forgiveness. We submit with having more grace with the people that we work with. We submit when we have more patience for strangers that we encounter. Those are all signs of, of, of a person with biblical integrity. It's the things that you're doing when no one's looking, but you know full well that God is looking. It's that form it's that art that there's love there that brings delight to God's heart that makes him happy and I I think that biblical integrity is what we need to have and it starts from within first and then it permeates throughout those who we are around and I think that when you're trying to measure a person's integrity and you're looking at the way that they submit. You're looking at the way that they 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 live godly like. That's a slow process because you have to know that person, and then you can just see it without even words. It's just their actions. Then it just permeates throughout, and then now it's you know within their local area. It's it's within their circle of community. It's within 
all of those places that, that, that they constantly frequent. You're, you're establishing relationships. You're mending old relationships. You're repairing encounters that, that if not for God stepping in and saving that relationship, it would be destroyed. And I think this is where we need to go in terms, in towards of, in terms of moving to, to be more submissive to God and, and by being more submissive with, with each other. Let me go ahead and wrap this up with a prayer really fast. God, we love you with all of our hearts. We're so thankful to have a loving and merciful God that is patient and, and kind. Keep us grounded in you, God. Your love for humanity is so heavy and your yoke is light. Keep us humble and encourage us to close those gaps fervently to be next to you through humility. Give us the courage and strength to worship with all of our heart, soul, and body by fully submitting to you and each other. Work in us like never before, God. And it is your name that we pray. Amen. Thank you uh, for listening. If you feel like you're that person, you feel like you're ready to submit, you feel like you're, you're tired of running, you're tired of rebelling, you've been ignoring that, that call that God's been putting on your heart for the past couple of days now, the past couple of weeks now, even the past couple of years now, you're, just, you're feeling it. Your chest and your back is getting heavy from just moving through all of the weight of life and the guilt and the shame and the sin. I pray right now that there's someone next to you that's going to be there to answer those calls. I pray that God knows your heart. God's going to put the right people in your way. And if you are here locally to me and you feel the way that I described, please reach out. Please reach out. Please reach out. I would love to put good people and resources around you and surround you with that love and introduce you to the gospel. <clears throat> for all prayers, for all requests, uh, please go back to the Chase Him Podcast at gmail.com. That is Chase Him Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you. So before I get out of here, I want to just add that had to step away for a little bit. Uh, had to slow down some things. College got crazy, got crazy, crazy. And then my wife had surgery, so I had to be the for real household sick. So uh, things got hectic. But in that, I was able to kind of reshape and reframe and uh, kind of look at what I want to put more focus in. And uh, I think that I want to start putting out podcasts every Thursday to you in your digital streaming platforms every Thursday. So look forward to that. I am Freeman Actual, aka Household Six. <laughs> I love it. I'm embracing it. I don't care. I want to encourage you to 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 continue your walk. Stay stay humble. Stay strong. Submit. Stay sharp. Stay wolf-like. And as always, chase the rabbit. Blessings. Good day. <laughs>